The His Girl Friday podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. going guys welcome back to his girl friday hope you guys are enjoying the extended weekend it's memorial day eve as i cut this a little late 9 20 p.m central time this won't be a long pod however i'm very excited nevertheless to share this content with you tonight we are doing a vocational soap study and if you've been tracking with us for a while you know soap bible studies one of my favorite things in the world, we did them with uh, Legacy Youth back in the day, was a centerpiece of our ministry, youth ministry back uh, when we were youth pastors at the Gate Community Church. And uh, as far as our discipleship approach and carrying that tradition over into His Girl Friday, it's one of my favorite things to do. So the scripture, the mantle piece for our soap Bible study tonight, Galatians 5.25 We'll start with the English Standard, pivot to the message, and then we'll go from there. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, uh, go to Galatians 5. You'll note that 25 is very close. It comes right after the Fruits of the Spirit passage, uh, verse 22 and 23. Uh, So we're right at the heels of that. And the placement of this is not by mistake. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Pretty simple and straightforward in the English Standard. The message, though, takes a unique approach. And when I saw this, it immediately caught my eye. And it's really why we are talking about this passage tonight. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. So obviously there's a lot to unpack here. And we just read the scripture. So now, in case you don't know what a soap Bible study is, it's an acronym. S is for scripture. O is for observation. A is for application. P is for prayer. So now we're going from the scripture to the observation. And what leaps up to me is a couple things. Number one, is God-fearing, Christ-centered vocationals. This verse resonates on multiple levels. On one hand, Paul is confirming the Holy Spirit as a perpetual gift received upon conversion. By perpetual, I mean we accept Christ into our hearts. We believe with by faith in our hearts. We confess with our lips that Jesus is Lord and Savior of our lives. And the Holy Spirit comes into the mix. It's not just a one-time thing. You don't have to do anything else. It's more of we have this consistent presence. The third member of the Trinity is now among us within us, and we need to daily tap into that. It's not just a one-time thing. On the other hand, Paul is charging the Galatians to see living as Christ as abiding by the Spirit. Although many agree the acceptance of Christ is not detached from the start of this process, the question as captured throughout the second half of Galatians is clear. If I have the Holy Spirit through faith, what's next? If I have the Holy Spirit through faith, what's next? Galatians 6 is kind of a spoiler. Uh, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. That is where Paul is taking us, ultimately. We're kind of in the sweet spot between the fruits of the Spirit and 
why the Spirit exists, why we, we should desire to live as Christ. Christ has died on the cross. He's risen. He's ascended to heaven. And the Holy Spirit is now a part of the reality. If you look in the early church in Acts, what does that mean for us today? You know, Christ died so that we'd be free and live a life victorious. Sounds great in theory and principle, but let's talk about the minutia, how it actually looks at the surface. We have to tie those ends together. But to do that, we have to understand Galatians 5.25. And in few words, we could take that question and we can answer it as, if, as this. If God's Spirit lives within you, live by it. If you want to live by it, keep in lockstep. It's far from easy, but it's simple when you think about it. At least it can be. And again, to get there, we have to remember the life we have chosen through free will and divine inspiration was also predestined from the beginning. It's a unique dance between free will and predestination. It's not one or the other, folks. The two go together, but it's how they go together. That's key to understand. Essentially, to receive and abide in our calling is to believe God ordained it before creation and continues to bless it as we live. God blessed it, and he continues to bless it. God ordains it, and he ordained it from the before we were born, before we were, you know, we were specking his eye before we were specking any other. And big picture, the implications are massive. For starters, we'll keep it basic for the purposes of this pod. Just as God is faithful to help us discover him, so must we be faithful to discover him through his spirit. God pursues us. He pursues us. Demonstrate his love. Gives us no excuse captures our hearts and attention we come to him making that positive choice by his leading he by the way gives all the credit because he gives us not anything for goodness and godliness but gives every reason to trust and believe that he is lord and savior and after we convert after we um you know we reach that point of justification now begin the process of sanctification we are called to discover him again perpetually consistently continually Daily overflow, walking in lockstep. In worldly terms, <clears throat> it may be hard for others to compute for those outside of believing in Jesus. Because the word discover has different meaning. For instance, I'd say for a lot of people, discover implies a one-time or seasonal pursuit. We are in control of our discovery. We set the terms, we set the limits. But that's not how life in the Spirit, life with the Holy Spirit works. It is not a seasonal or one-time gig. Rather, with heaven in mind, we can know as long as we have breath, we are meant to continually discover as we mature in the likeness of Jesus, the sanctified new creations. Sanctification implies that we've accepted our identity as new creations once we accept Christ in our hearts and that we have to stay tethered to Christ, we have to abide the Spirit daily to realize more of what He's wanting to unfold, what He's wanting to teach us, and how He's wanting to guide us. And, you know, we find this practically in the Word, you know, um, whether it's in Bible study, whether it's at church, you know, not forsaking the fellowship of the saints, being in community, there's a lot of different ways we're supposed to 
go after God in the context of unity and community, in the context of believing and, and, and obeying, accepting what God is true and actually practicing that. We have to be faithful in practicing our faith. Galatians 5 is it's one of the themes of this entire chapter. And Paul is saying, since we live by the Spirit, we have everything we need to stay tethered to God's nature through His Word and prayer. And still, the small voice reminding us, we can do all things with the mind of Christ. And as we transition to the application, I really like how the message translation provides focus as to how this looks occupationally. If we accept the truth that abiding by the Spirit is a daily exercise, and it is, we could further embrace our unique calling as dedicated stewards of the jobs we've been given. Our skills, our talents, we have to, again, as part of pursuing God, we have to accept the fact that God has made us certain ways. And part of discovering God in the Word and through prayer and through fellowship there is some crossover, not maybe a perfect crossover, but there's, you know, like a Venn diagram, there's some intersection as far as what this looks like when we're, um, when we're learning about a certain vocation, occupation, we're cultivating, we're refining a certain skill set, a knowledge base. I am one who loves training and seeing how the discovery of truths in the real world as God has inspired men over time, some of the practices, you know, with finances, with accounting, you know, I work for an, a nonprofit startup, um, you know, how God has influenced man to come up with certain boundaries and parameters and laws and institutions and regulations. There's a constant discovery process where Abiding in that, I'm just giving an example. Some of you may be more educational or medical um, or judicial legislation. You know, all you guys listen to this, you're all over the map. But they're not just two parallel tracks discovering what we're good at and learning accordingly. But these those tracks intersect ever so often where we're discovering God through... Or through a vocational lens, we're discovering God through how He's wired us and uniquely crafted us. And that's why we have to understand the vocational perspective of this passage. Remember, since perfect love hasn't given us a spirit of fear, we could abide in God's presence with confidence and reliance as we discover God in the overflow of peace while on the clock. We can't manufacture this reality through our desire, through our quest for joy. Uh, but we could still accept God's perfecting work, again, on the clock, knowing we're one of one masterpieces designed to bring God's glory. First and foremost, we were intended to bring God glory and to experience His glory in a two-way sort of way. And it's not just at church. It's not just in Bible study. It's not just in the basement of our, you know, our congregations where we meet and, you know, to practice and discover God in terms of the spiritual side of our lives, you know. Um, a lot of times we keep our faith hidden behind closed doors in the home. We, we, we keep it in our meeting places at church, and that's great. But I'm a big fan of being consistent in how we demonstrate, live, and model what we believe. And a lot of people, they've 
you know, a lot of times it has to be modeled with respect and sometimes, you know, just honoring authority and it happens subtly sometimes, but sometimes it mandates, it requires boldness. And I think courage and strength in today's world, it, it can be tough. It could be intimidating. Um, being vocal and being obedient and being faithful, we, we lower the ce- we tend to lower the ceiling of what it means to be faithful at our jobs in terms of modeling our faith. And we, we do hide that candle. Um, we do hide behind a bushel more than we think. How do we wake up and realize we need to be transparent? We need to be vulnerable at the right times. And we can't do that without abiding in Christ. Abiding in Christ gives us that maturity. It sharpens our senses, our ears, our eyes to know what God is saying what he you know even when we have to enter in a holding pattern it's just like god is there like just knowing how he's directing us we can't capture that we can't see how he's wanting to convey that without being in lockstep keeping in step and in perfect sync with the spirit so going back to what paul's saying here and how it applies to us vocationally we can associate life in the spirit with a life lacking room for vain imaginations and false comparisons. That's why the message translation just really speaks to me. Ideally, no one has room or time to compare rank callings or people, but, you know, we have insecurity. We have fears and anxieties that we have to overcome. We are, we are more than conquerors. Romans 8, look it up. Uh, Christ by his spirit, we have what it takes within us to <clears throat> be more than conquerors. But without that spirit, without being in step with the spirit, we can easily succumb to the idea that respect and love is contingent on skills, knowledge, charisma, and chemistry, how people, you know, likability. That's one of my struggles. It's just I don't see myself, well, if I'm not careful, I can see myself as an unlikable person um, through lies that people have spoken and have edified over, you know, different parts of my life, different seasons of my life. A lot of it's old news. A lot of it is goes back over a decade, <laughs> but it, it has lingered. And so I think, oh man, I, if I, I wish I knew more. I wish I had this set of skills and knowledge. I wish that maybe my personality was a little bit different, that maybe I wasn't a four on the Enneagram. Uh, and while I can, you know, lean three, I could lean five as my top two defaults. I don't know. Sometimes I just was like, man, I don't have the right combination of everything <laughs> to be able to influence and impact people for the glory of God. And that's such a lie that Satan wants me to believe and, you know, a variant that he wants you to believe. Yet, get back to the verse here. As for you, dare to have something more interesting to think about, to work towards. I don't like necessarily the word interesting or the phrase interesting things in this passage, but I kind of understand Um what Paul is, or, or how the translation is um, conveying Saul's sentiment here. Uh, we have far more interesting things to do with our lives, meaning we have so much more to fix our eyes on. The higher ways of God, Isaiah 55, we have so many reasons, we have so many excuses, if you will, to get our eyes off ourselves or focus off of ourselves and to think vertically and to rely on God. There's so many prompts if we pay attention, if we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit to reference God in the the big and small, and a lot of times it is in the minutiae, in the day-to-day grind. 
there's just a lot more than we think, you know, that could create the separation between, wow, God, you are so good, you're so holy, you're so right, you're so true, and I'm so thankful for all these things. And all of a sudden you begin this process of taking some, you know, unholy thoughts captive, vain thoughts captive. You could catch those vain imaginations as they happen closer to real time, and you're not just tall, you're not inadvertently tolerating uh, some of the schemes of the enemy, the way, you know, the snares that he sets up and the principalities that are kind of lurking in the shadows, waiting to kind of envelop you and just kind of pull you through worldly fears, manly fears. Yet as for you, dare to have more interesting things to think about and work towards. You may fill up to the altar with certain dreams. You may feel like you got the short end of the stick rolled up. People treat you. You may struggle to understand why some don't give you the benefit of the doubt and why others are quick to write you off. You know, you might have a supervisor that treats certain people certain ways, and for some reason, uh, you bear you're kind of like a whipping post of sorts. <laughs> you know, um, you know. Sometimes I feel that way, and I it's easy to just like why, like what did I do, and are you holding the path against me? Uh, why can't I earn favor in your eye? There's just a lot of different ways. I'm giving some examples. It may look different for you, but there's a way out. There's always an exit. Life in the Spirit gives us that, among other things. You may struggle to understand some of these stuff, some of the stuff, but when you bask in the core of this verse, we can know God is the one who has our back constantly, especially on the clock. Therefore, while the daily grind may weary our flesh, we can gauge the depth of our abiding in part by the discrepancy of precedence between the joyful dependence on God and the Spirit and stressing about what others think. There should be a huge gap between the two. In case that sentence didn't make sense, there should be a huge gap between joyful dependence or even interdependence on the spirit and, you know, caring what others think. You know, if if we're going after God with everything we have, there's just a lot that takes care of itself. And when we, you know, the conviction that comes with the body and the spirit, you know, if if we mess up, we're going to have the courage to own it. Um, If we, uh, you know... Conviction again, just if we find ourselves not being compassionate, we have an opportunity to make things right, an opportunity to get out ahead, even in some instances. And um, as God kind of shines the light on what is the most integrable outcome, like how do we model integrity and honesty the most in a way that can, you know, really bless and encourage our clients, regardless of kind of the business aspect of it. Yes, we want to make money. We want to, um, well, most businesses, it's not even about the money. We want to um, create a base of positive feedback and interaction and client care. We want to service people well and kind of the the transactional elements more the overflow, uh, at least speaking of healthy corporate environments. And it's good to to want that, but really Galatians 5.25 like that needs to code every business endeavor and decision and outcome we could possibly fathom but at the bottom line of this to me if we are faithful to abandon the distractions of unholy fears and passions of former ignorances we can keep in step in perfect sync with the spirit it can happen anywhere we're at and we need to really think about how this looks at work. This is this is kind of a one and done. This is not an intro piece like the last pot I cut. Um, so really, I encourage your feedback and your comments. And um, 
as far as how this how you see this looking and unfolding in your specific arena of influence. But for now, I'm going to pray for us, kind of cover us, uh, kind of in broad stroke fashion, but also kind of the safety net, just protecting us, um, so that this truth really can envelop us, but also guard us. So Lord, we thank you for calling us to a free life, and we celebrate your sovereign hand in guiding us towards your heart. As faithful workers, we are humbled to represent your nature to our colleagues, clients, and connections. However, we also confess we can't possibly do this in our own strength. As willing vessels weak in this flesh, but strong in the spirit, we ask you continue to sharpen our desire to do your work your way. Develop and cultivate an internal thirst to stay persistent in perseverance and consistence in compassion. May our commitment to what we believe is true be a banner by which we conduct our behavior and affairs. Guard us from legalism, self-righteousness as we help others discover your plans and purposes. Help us get out of our own way regarding prideful comparisons and coping mechanisms. Above all, as Galatians 5.25 reminds us, God, open our eyes to any place where we're abusing grace, reducing the spirit-filled life as a warm sentiment, as fortune cookie wisdom. Convict and channel what needs to waste away so we can taste your goodness in all things. And finally, God, creating us a new heart, conform to your precepts and new efforts, season and sensitivity and expectancy. While we believe good fruit and good days are ahead, we don't take for granted you as the reason for it all. Whatever happens in the weeks and months ahead, make us more and more like you as your will is perfected in us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. That was good. I really like soap, soaping with you guys. And hopefully this kind of leaves a, a tingle in your spirit. You know, like when you brush your teeth and you get that nice, fresh, minty sparkle sensation it may even sting a little bit and that metaphor actually works on so many levels mouthwash you know i hope this was so good with like mouthwash spirit it's just like ah fresh clean and you know as i jump start to the week i know a lot of you are off tomorrow and you start your week on tuesday but i hope to actually post this on tuesday so you have something to listen to as you go back to work and re-engage and kind of re-enter the swing of things so blessings on your holiday And like I always say, I will catch you on the fry. Peace.